Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome wherever you are joining us from in the world. We are so happy to have you here at USA Global TV and Radio. Our show today is the United Kingdom News and Culture. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. We have one of our expert correspondents with us today, and the other three have the day off for various reasons. So we're going to be discussing culture in London. Joining me for this exciting conversation is the star of our show, Diane Floyd-Bame. Diane is no stranger to travel. She has traveled many places and lived in various places around the world. She has an incredible amount of expertise in this area. She's also the queen of networking. So if you are looking to connect with somebody, reach out to her. And she also is an incredible award-winning author of children's books, and young adults. Let's welcome her and find out what is going on. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. I know it's a lot of fun. And today it's just the two of us. And that's okay, because we will just have a, a chat that will take us wherever it, it normally goes. So we've decided, folks, for those of you joining in, we're going to be staying away from some of these hot topics that are being discussed about certain people from the UK. And we're going to take it to a different direction and talk about the culture, especially in London. So Diane, you've traveled so much. Tell us, how many times have you been to London or the UK? Um, enough times that I can't count on my fingers. So That's I've been very blessed. <laughs> so, um, but um, I I love the UK. I mean, I still need to take in Northern Ireland and uh, Scotland, but I'm very proud to say that I, my main name is Floyd and in Welsh it's double L-O-Y-D, Lloyd. So um, I once got to actually go to the town where uh, my ancestors were in Birkenshire, Wales. Wow. That's on my daddy's side. The other Harrises are uh, totally British and the Terrells are British and Scottish. So, And the Patricks are Irish. So there you go. I got it all. <laughs> That's really exciting. And when, yeah. you, when you share that you have been there so many times, you can't even count it, that really puts you as an expert. So <laughs> when you're traveling, do you try to incorporate um, going places that maybe tourists don't typically go, or do you go with the flow? Uh, when we first traveled um, to England, that was with my husband and I, and we went to where the tourists uh, would go. And then another time, my uh, daughter, uh, Rachel, for her 16th birthday, all the kids got to pick somewhere they wanted to go special uh, for their 16th. And um, she picked England, but she had to map everything out. And that was before there was such a thing as Internet. And uh, but now it's all about going to places that people don't normally go or just enjoying some of the beauty of just the natural 
um, parks and things like that. Because there's so much beauty, right? Absolutely. Would you describe from your experience London as a, a walkable city? <laughs> you know, I'm no expert there, but I, you know, depending, you would have to hop a bus sometimes and then, you know, walk around that particular area that you were um, going to. But yes, it certainly can be. But, you know, you wouldn't work, walk for miles. You <laughs> hop on one of those iconic double buses, right? You know, I'm laughing because when I traveled several times, uh, this happened, I decided I was going to be walking everywhere. And this was actually in Paris. And, you know, there's so much to see there and do, but your feet are not cooperating because I wasn't wearing sneakers. So oh, no. I was wearing like really, you know, very nice sandals. You can't walk for miles in sandals. It doesn't no. even make any sense. And then you're not even enjoying what you're doing. So I think right. that's really important. We, we just talked about that on the last show about being dressed appropriately for whatever it is you're going to be doing. Absolutely. And um, so I carry a big bag. And uh, so I have my sneakers to change into. And then if I'm going into a restaurant um, that needs to be more appropriately dressed, then I switch out my shoes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I do that in New York as well. So because yeah. um, in New York City, you know, you you can walk a lot of places, but I want my sneakers on and then I just switch out my shoes. You know, talking about shoes, I, I laugh and I'm actually going to spotlight you in a minute and get you the shoes that I wear all the time now. But I always wore heels. And even if I was going to New York, wherever I was, and it was on the sidewalk, I would say to myself, okay, you can do this. You have to walk four blocks. Just get it together. But, you know, you'd have a heavy suitcase, a suitcase, briefcase and a purse. And by the time you get there, you're dripping with sweat. Your heel gets stuck in the cracks. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. It's, so when I see it now, when I see it, I'm like, yeah, I've been there and I'm not going back. There. Even in airports. Um, airports, people are wearing heels. You know it's not comfortable. No, I don't know how they do it. And um, again, that's another place where I'll, you know, change out my shoes. So, because yeah. I just hate, I mean, I tried the hoe and tie my tennis shoes or something, but you're holding people up and I just want to get my you know, slippers off, have them say, okay, she's good to go and then get back on and then put on a nice pair of shoes when it's time to exactly. Um, I call Take them off. sitting, sitting shoes, sitting shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So going back to London, let's talk about some of the memories that you've had from being there. I was only there once I was there on a work trip and we actually started out in the countryside and why can I not remember where I was? Um, but it, it was amazing because I was there by myself and I got to travel in and, and, look at a lot of beautiful scenery, eat fabulous meals, and then went to London and I was there. And then we went to Monte Carlo. It was a great trip. So my memories are probably a little bit different because it was work related. But what about you? What are some things that you did that you really just stand out in your life as good memories? Uh, well, I'm so glad um, I you know, saw the changing in the guards that everyone talks about because it is phenomenal to watch. So I um, 
I um, am always amazed at when you look at pictures and you think at the palace and so forth, Buckingham Palace, you know, that it's not going to be, it's just going to be, it's not going to be surrounded by all these buildings, but everything's kind of grown up around it. But but it, that's just breathtaking. It's worth getting there so that you're just right in front for the changing of the guards. Um, I would love to be there sometime when they have, uh, when um, there's a big parade to watch um, the carriages and everything come out because that that just has to be something that the British are so proud of. There's so much, um, you know, beautiful um, ceremonial things that they have there. I loved going to um, the plays. Um, for me, musicals, I just love musicals and the West End is phenomenal and they all, I, I've never not had a good show. So sometimes when we go, it'll be just all about seeing the place. So we'll stay on that side of town. And then there's the host shopping in Oxford Square and all of that. So that's special. But, you know, you can um, plan um, your trips well enough that you can um, take the bus or a train and uh, get out to the countryside and see um, the different castles and you know, the history's so phenomenal. And, you know, you before you know it, you're inside King Henry's castle. How cool is that, Dr. Jacqueline? It's so cool. There's so many fabulous things to see. Yeah. And and you also brought up that buzzword shopping. Ooh, I know when I would travel, I'd be like, I have to get something. Like everywhere I went, I have to get the bag, the shoe, right. something or other. And right. um, yeah, it's just funny how it doesn't have any meaning now. <laughs> well, I think the heart, the sad, I, I guess it's, you know, good and bad, but uh, what I loved about being in different places is um, the stores would be so different, but now corporations are just everywhere. So before, if you went to Zara's, you're like, oh my gosh, you went to Zara's from London, right? And now, you yeah. know, you have Zara everywhere you turn around. And I guess that's good for um, people wanting to make money and so forth, but it takes away um, the beauty of saying, I bought this at Zara's, you know, it's kind of like Macy's was this you know, wow, yes. you went to Macy's in New York, right? Which is still totally awesome to see Macy's in New York. But if you say, oh, you've been to Macy's because there's little stamp Macy's around uh, the country, it kind of, you know, takes away all of that. Yeah, so. I agree with you. There's a, a Macy's in Philadelphia that used to be John Wanamaker's. Have you heard of the John Wanamaker store? No. Well, the thing that was so cool about it is that there's one wall that is a light show at Christmas and there's an organ and you know, you, you can imagine how big the wall is, but people would come from everywhere during the holidays for them to light this up and play the music. And it, I wonder if it's wow. still there. I don't even wow. know. That but, sounds really cool. Yeah. But to your point, and I love Macy's, but you know, Macy's is everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's not, it's mm -hmm. not the same thing. like, Oh, I can't wait to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. No, I can just go yeah. to wherever. So I hope they keep Herod's. Anyone listening? <laughs> I love Herod's to go visit it. So don't put it everywhere. So Simon did say they put little small ones in the airport, which I was pretty surprised. So, Yeah, I don't know about the airport shopping. But yeah. anyway, when you've flown um, into the United Kingdom, what was your experience like? 
Oh, it depends on which time. One time I had a harrowing experience. We uh, we left uh, New York and um, all of a sudden we had to turn back around and they had to fix the airplane. And then we took off again and we were supposed to have a, a new airplane, but it turned out to be the same one. And we're halfway over the ocean and um, they say that uh, we have to make an emergency landing. And you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, So I thought we were actually going to end up having to take one of those floaties from the sky and end up in the ocean. And that was very, very scary. And Heathrow Airport was so amazing the way they handled that plane and took care of us. And I remember um, uh, just wanting to get off and. I ended up walking behind the uh, a couple of stewardess and they were speaking to the captain and or maybe it was the co-pilot, one of them. And I overheard him say, well, actually, you know, the plane, we had to go down in the thing and restart the thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that was oh, so that was that was a scary one. Other than that, That's all strange. the other flights have been beautiful. <laughs> that, but that one really made an impression and stays with you. Yeah, because um, we actually uh, went to New York twice, and then it was the third time that uh, we had to make an emergency landing. So that was very scary. Not fun. Not no, fun. no, no. No, next time for sure. I didn't bring holy water that time. <laughs> make sure I have some with me. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Diane, you know when people come to New York, uh, many people want to go to a Broadway show. Broadway is, and of course, Broadway's changed over the mm -hmm. years. Uh, mm -hmm. Even the whole process of getting dressed up and going to a Broadway show. I remember, I think the last Broadway show I saw, wow, that was uh, The Lion King. And my dad was alive. That's how long ago. It was 10 years ago. And we were all dressed up and we went to Le Cirque, I think, afterwards, which I don't even think is there anymore. Long story short, people were dressed like they were going to a sporting event. It was just I know. shocking. I know. I'm wondering, what about on the West End? Have you had experience going there? I think during the daytime, people dress more casual. Um, but in the evening, it seems that people uh, dressed for the theater. And I really appreciated that because there's a, I know it sounds silly, but it's just something elegant about when you go to the theater and uh, whether it's in New York, the theaters are gorgeous as well as the theaters in the West End. Um, there's so much elegancy. And, you know, when you, when you, you're dressed the part, even if it's as the audience, which the audience is very important, you know, to the actors that um, it's, it's very special. Yeah. I don't care for the slob look. Now <laughs> during the day, if I'm going, um, to a show i may not dress in my heels and everything but i do at night yeah i think it's also respectful to the performers That's and some people might say it. oh well they're going to get paid anyway but it's about how you show up and then the attitude mm -hmm. that you have as well absolutely absolutely great point and i also look at it to me it's like a gift to be able to go to a show like that and have that experience because let's face it there's only so many shows and there's only so many seats and you're getting one of the seats and then to be able to dress the part and act the part i think is just uh, emotional intelligence 
Well said. Emotional intelligence. That Thank is you. so Thank true. You. I love Thank that. You. I love that. Um, yes. And, you know, I think when you are dressed for the part that you in in um, you become part of the host show and the energy that you're letting um, express the the um, actors can feel it. And that's how we have a really um, a good show, because when we go backstage, it's like, man, the audience is so dead. Does anyone feel it? And they're like, God, and we'll be like, or you go back and they're like, man, the audience is really loving it. And so you even perform even more. And uh, if you are in a great big scene and there's a lot of us that might be in front, you know, this in the very big front of the stage and you can actually see how people are addressed, you kind of get you kind of get sad and then you get back into your character, but you're like, man, they didn't even dress up for us. <laughs> kind of like it's not, it's not special anymore. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But you know, um, I, we didn't just for people to know, I mean, I couldn't always get a theater. I mean, I have five brothers, mom and daddy, <laughs> you know, couldn't take all of this at once. But I do remember the first time that I went to the theater and we all dressed up, you know, mom says you have to dress up for the theater and she's all, uh, decked out for her hot date with my dad, <laughs> though I probably wouldn't have said it back then. And he's in his suit and tie and so forth. And then you go to dinner afterwards. And um, that is the same thing today is like you go to the theater and then everyone's all excited. And then pretty soon, you know, you're watching people disperse and everyone's going in to um, have a drink or, or get something to eat. And you just want to keep looking good and feeling good and talk about how great the shows are because the shows are incredible. So I've yeah, never seen a bad show there. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the dining also. Mm -hmm. um, British food, English food. How do you feel about it? You know, um, no offense, people, when we, the very, very first time I went, people would always say, oh, British food. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand, you know, but um, I, I have always found it to be very good. And of course now, the food is just phenomenal in um, in all the countries, but I I truly enjoy it. Um, <laughs> there is so much English in me that I'm gonna enjoy it no matter what because they love to have gravy and I love gravy. So <laughs> 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 anything with gravy is really good. <laughs> well, well, do we eat French fries with gravy? No, I won't do that. <laughs> I've heard that's pretty good. Well, you know they use mayonnaise with their French fries, which I always found so bizarre. <laughs> Really? I don't eat yeah. French fries anyway, but that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so they'll serve you some French fries. And you, you, earlier in our other show, when Sherry says, you know, try not look to American, and you sit there and can I have some ketchup, please? It was like, yeah, American. American. <laughs> Put it all over it. Yeah, there's lots of sugar in ketchup, too. Syrup and cornstarch, everything you yeah. shouldn't have. All the best. That's things. why it tastes so good. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> it's just red sugar. What are you talking about? It's, yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, anyway, to each his own. I know some yeah. people who love ketchup. So yeah. um, what about we've talked before with our expert correspondents. And of course, we have a whole show on Fridays about it. But afternoon tea. Oh, isn't tea time just brilliant, as the British yeah. would say? We say awesome here, but they'll say it's so 
brilliant. You know, and, I find uh, myself using that word brilliant quite yeah, often. It's brilliant. It's, it's, yes, brilliant. It's a great adjective, isn't it? Right. It is. Um, now, if I could just do it with that gorgeous British accent, I'd be like really um, happy. I, I love the way they speak. You know, we have so many team members who are from the UK and every time they talk, I'm just like, oh, I just love it. I know. It's, it's amazing. So beautiful. And uh, but anyway, tea time. Awesome. Oops, there I should say brilliant. Um, I um, I just love all the different etiquette that's that goes with tea time. And I just love your show with Phil about proper etiquette. And I've even learned, you know, some really great tips from him when you're when you're having tea and and um, you had a guest once that talked about how to serve a proper tea. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. So and when I was living in Dubai, because the British, there's such a huge British um, presence there that there is tea time in all the major hotels. And um, and I went to many of them and you dressed up for them, by the way, Dr. Jacqueline, you always dressed up and um, hats were well, you, you wore your hat. So that was one bad thing about going back to America. It's like everybody's please start wearing your hats, you know. Just love hats. I love hats too. Yeah. Diane, thanks for bringing that up about our guests. We actually had Jane yes, that's on the show. And this is her book, Scone or Scone. And it's uh, the essential guide to British afternoon tea. And there's a quiz in here, Diane. And uh, let me just, are you okay if I ask you a couple of questions? I'm probably going to fail, but let's see how I do. And that's that book. That was the guest that was on. I meant to buy that book. Thanks for reminding me. I'm going to buy yeah. that after this show. Okay, are you ready for your first question? I'm going to be so embarrassed, but okay. It's okay. I didn't get the answers right. You've sat down at the table, but the waiting staff have not put your napkin slash serviette on your lap. At what stage do you do so yourself? A, as soon as you sit down. B, after you have placed your order with the waiter or waitress. C, when you see the refreshments arriving. Oh, that's a good one. If you're American, you sit down and do it right away. <laughs> um, if the person, um, the waiter hasn't done that for you, which they should do when you are seated, then um, I would go ahead and do it. So it'd be C. Okay, C. What did she say? Now, of course, I should know where the answers are, but I do not know. <laughs> I do not know where the answers are. Because I, I can't do anything without a napkin. <laughs> I will look for the answers. In the meantime, I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. Okay. How do you place your napkin or serviette? Is it A, a triangle shape across your lap? B, opens out into the largest square shape across your lap? C, folded in half across your lap? Mm, gosh. Hadn't thought of those in a long time. Um, I'm just going to say what I always do, which is probably wrong, but I'm a messy eater. So I say I open it all the way. <laughs> all right. Open it all the way. Where are the answers? Here we go. Okay. I found them. Okay. For the first question that I asked you, which is uh, number three, 
There is a bit of a clue in the question which refer to hotels where the staff will place your napkin on your lap for you because they do so as soon as you are seated. Right. Even if it may feel like you are being a bit forward, taking your napkin and putting it across your lap as soon as you sat down, it is nevertheless correct. As soon as you sit down. Yep. As soon as you sit down. Yep. Okay, and this question I asked you about how to place your napkin in a triangle shape, open out to the largest square shape, folded in half across your lap. The answer is your napkin is placed in half across yeah. your lap. I knew they were going to say that because <laughs> right. I couldn't remember them ever opening one up all the way and I'm sitting there opening it. So yeah. they're like, did you see the woman at table 45? <laughs> the napkin's opened all the way. She's right. definitely American, a messy eater. <laughs> Are you up for one more? Sure. Okay. You're a good sport. A three-tiered cake stand, sometimes called a whatnot, has arrived with three plates on it, a layer of sandwiches, one of warm scones with pots of cream and jam, and a layer of small cakes. In which order do you enjoy these layers? I'm going to show you the picture. I can already imagine them. Yeah. So um, interesting. I would say um, scones, sandwiches, and uh, the cakes. All right. Scones, sandwiches, and the cake. Let's see, which I'm getting very hungry. Uh, <laughs> let's see, question number five. Let's find the answer. Here it is. Always savory food first, including <laughs> the sandwiches. Then you can go on to the warm scones while they still have some warmth before mm -hmm. tackling the cakes. It's not the done thing to go back to one of the previous courses, by the way. So if you've moved from sandwiches to scones or cakes, you're not supposed to dip back into the sandwiches again. And I can hear you saying, try and stop me as I type. Yeah. <laughs> So. She's absolutely right. And the reason I said scone first, because I want to get it was um, extremely warm. So I, uh, I know people say sandwiches, but anyway, yeah, I'd rather fill up on a scone than a, a sandwich. <laughs> a cucumber sandwich. I like those little cucumber sandwiches. I don't know. I like they them are, a lot. They are good. They are, but I'm a fan of the cucumber. So here's Jane's book. So go ahead and pick it up. Um, it is available on her website. And this is Jane. Yeah. Can you see it? Yes. Yeah. She did okay. a great job. Yeah, she's a good yeah. guest. So, so Diane, that's our time for today. We've got another oh, show. So fast. I know. We were thinking, <laughs> what were we going to talk about? We have another show coming up right after this. So we're going to take a, about a 10-minute reprieve and just let people know how they can get in touch with you and tell us about your latest book. Sure. Um, you can reach me at uh, dianefloydbame.com. Instagram's one way. And then my uh, website and sign up for my newsletter. I would love that. My latest book is uh, A Song of Peace and Charlie and the Tire Swing. And if you're all about short stories, I have a short story and a Christmas anthology. And that's what it's called, Christmas anthology. So you can go to um, Amazon and all my books are just right there. 
Fantastic. Thank you. And to all of our team members in the UK and to our loyal followers, we really appreciate you. And we love listening to you. We love your just to hear you speak. So Amen. <laughs> and to Helena Shard and Ian Pelham Turner and Simon McDonald, we miss you all and look forward to seeing you here again soon. All right, we're signing off. Please do stay with us. Our next show is coming up and I've got a graphic for it here. It is the Lady Ella book launch party. So do join us. Diane will be there and I will be there too. So just stay tuned wherever you are. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Thanks for now. Bye everyone. Bye Diane. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.